another exciting episode of One Shot and another episode of my One Shot host audition. I'm Renee Roth, she, her, and I'll be playing your host and storyteller for today. We're continuing Animon's story by Zach Barrow today, and I won't keep you long here in the intro because I'm excited to get into it. After all, our players have their best friends and a world they must defend. So, let's get back to the world of Animon's story. Say something. What do you mean? Archangel just kind of settles on the corner of the bed and says, Yeah, so that dream you had earlier just kind of, um, I don't know, it's like a, what would you call it, a red flag a little bit? Yeah, a what red kind flag. Of red flag. Yeah, like the red flag with the guys my sister tried to date? Is that what you mean? Or, like, a physical flag we can wave around? The flag of the workers' revolution? Uh-huh. Flag uh, that Animon may recognize and kind of makes eye contact with Borkofer, who just nods, and Glamtron keeps kind of spinning. Sornir pauses for a moment before reluctantly nodding as well. And Archangel goes on. If you had a dream like the one that first connected you to an Animon, it leads me, us, to believe that something may be happening in the home world of the Animon, um, which you would call dreams. Oh, well. The, the problem's not here, it's on the other side? If Animon are going missing, Borkifer adds, maybe. Wow. So, like, we have to help. Glamtron says, if we were to help, it would need to be a secret. Why is that? Um... Oh, wait, from like Max's capital overlords? They're all yes. of our capital overlords. Oh, um, right. Max, being completely oversensitive, <laughs> does not want to be blamed for capitalism. <laughs> Just because he's made you aware of it. Yes, those, but also friends, family. It should be, the Animon homeworld should be kept a secret. I would need an affirmative from each of you to keep this promise in order to share more. Oh. Yeah, of course. Max turns to Sorinir. Look, you're important to me. I can make you this promise, but I need you to promise in return that you're going to be honest. We can't help if we don't know what's going on. Sorinir stares at you for a long time, blinks, and gives a slow nod. Okay. Okay, I promise to. Uh, okay, I, I, I mean, as long as, I, eh, I, I think, I think that's okay. Ah, uh, that's a really big lie, though. Wait, wait, I, um, and Kimberly like looks at Minerva again and looks at Max and just 
kind of whispers, are, is she going to be safe? I, she's like a little kid. Oh, do you mean Alaska and Max? Yeah, oh, no, I would. Oh, yeah. I would, yeah, Alaska and Max. I would kind of whisper it. I think like a stage whisper. So Minnie can definitely hear <laughs> yeah. it. But it's kind of like, is she going to be saved? It sounds like a big deal. And they're like, they're kind of a little kid. I'm not that little. Minnie is like the future of youth. So I'm pretty sure whatever she does will be incredible. And, and, and like, you can't all go save the world if I also know this stuff. Because, like, then you've already broken the promise that I, I, I know this stuff when I shouldn't. So I, I'm already here. Although we I do need Max's say-so because Max is the one that has to bring Minnie back home. Uh, Minnie, you know that you're supposed to stay safe, but I'm also supposed to watch you. Yeah, so, uh. like, I should go with you so that I can help and you can watch me and neither of us will get in trouble with Mom. Excellent logic for someone with such a low logic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always the same excuses, I think. It's, the, it's just the same set of, like, this scenario has happened several times over where, like, Max was like, I'm going to go do this thing. You shouldn't come along with me. He's like, but wait. Um, but mom said. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I think um, Max, like, is, is really caught uh, in this moment. It has to look back to the life-changing advice that he received from someone that he's afraid to call a friend because he can lose friends. Um, oh my God, no. <laughs> it, I, I think, I've been thinking about it a lot, and if it got to a point where, you know, there was a confrontation and um, the, like, that, that goes too far and Max needs to be pulled back, I think... Uh, the thing that Akimba must have said to him is, who are you protecting? Because I think Max jumps in to defend someone and then the conflict goes so far that that person runs away. Then Max isn't protecting someone anymore. So like applying this logic, Max has what is essentially a trolley problem in front of him. And that <laughs> if uh, he is going to do what his mom said and look after Minnie, and he doesn't want Minnie to get involved in this, then he has to not be involved, which means Alaska and Akimba are alone facing whatever. Mm. And if he gets, if he goes, then Minnie has to come with him and then therefore gets involved. So is he going to defend just Minnie or is he going to try and defend everyone? And the only solution, of course, is to go and just look after Minnie uh, if she's coming with. I have to go, which means, Minnie, you have to stay by my side. And I, I think that she she looks up uh, and the beret like slips down over her eyes <laughs> at that point and she says to like, she just knocks it back up. Yeah, got it. Got to be with you and be with the Kimba and Alaska and we'll save the day. Uh, okay, yeah. Don't get into any trouble, okay? Leave that to me. So, like, before we kind of 100% go into another world that we don't really know anything about, I have been holding on to this, um, well, they're really, like, fancy pieces of plastic, and I think that 
if we all have a piece that can bring us back home, it would be really important. And what I'm saying is, and Alaska kind of goes into a, a pocket, pulls out some candy wrappers, um, a couple of like uh, eraser nibs, and then finally pulls out three, excuse me, four um, friendship bracelets that are just like beads um, and like the letters uh, best friends forever. And then like there's some colors um, that would probably be applicable to anybody's color palette. Max, I know you probably think that this isn't the most fashionable and because I did have to spend money on the beads, I made sure that your beads also came from something else that I took apart. So like it's less capitalistic and uh, Alaska, hand you. I appreciate the thought, but I can't wear this. It would be two lies. <laughs> two lies? I already have a best friend, he says, looking off into the distance, and the oh. air conditioning in the room is just enough to make his scarf flap. Absolutely. And so, like, I already know that that can't be forever. Oh. Could I amend yours? I could just, like, untie it and take out some of the letters so it could just say best friend for now. Or friend for now. We can just, like, get rid of the best entirely. Um, Max, Max looks at Alaska very seriously. I can tell that you want to make a gesture here. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want to turn your gestures away, but I also can't be dishonest with you. So you're going to turn my gesture away? How about if you amend it, it just says for now. <laughs> yeah, give me a few more seconds. Um, where is Glamtron? Can you, um, yeah, I know you don't like have hands or anything, but you could probably figure this out. Here, let me just get you the letters. Uh. <laughs> On it, and a little compartment just opens up. It's like mm. tiny tools. <laughs> yes, I'll put it in the compartment. Um, well, now I kind of feel awkward, but Minnie, I made this special for you. It should even fit your tiny wrists because, you know, you're younger than us. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's nice to be appreciated. <laughs> uh, where did it come? Oh, there you are. I thought we lost you again. So, <laughs> um... Will you accept my gesture of best friendship? Now I'm really wondering, did I jump the did I jump the bullet, the gun by saying we're best friends? Uh, Kemba um I didn't really describe what Kemba looks like because I think it's gonna affect whether or not he takes his brick bracelet. But it's like very baggy um uh pants, like denim um very baggy pants, kind of like cargo, cargo pants. The closest you can find to like combat boots, but just like really like just like really thick uh boots that he wears. Um a a tank top that has a red serpent that I think you'd recognize as the logo of Squad Scarlet when he mm -hmm. was when he used to be part of that. But he spray painted across it an X in black. <laughs> 
So like that's there, and he has like an oversized coat, and I think by now he's set aside, but like he set aside his skateboard, which has like under under underside a bit again the serpents, the red serpent, but now spray painted and a black X across it. And he looks at this. Um, he has an earring, kind of like a long um, silver earring in one ear, and a uh, like an afro comb stuck in his hair at all times. He kind of looks at this bracelet. He looks down at his outfit and then up at a bracelet. We're going to another world. And I would just feel like, you know, it would be really nice if we all had something that we could identify each other by. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, This is kind of like our weaponry, our artillery that we're going to be bringing into this new terrain that we're going to have to battle in. That makes sense. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. (laughs) <laughs> and he'll reach out and put, open a hand palm up for the bracelet. Um, yeah, I'll tie that on you. <laughs> but, like, it's not a weapon. Friendship is not a weapon. He looks at Alaska, and there's just a look of... It's like Alaska just spoke a different language. <laughs> <laughs> like, just stares like he's trying to interpret what they just said. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, we'll just turn, turn away <laughs> to to look at the other animal okay well as soon as i get max's uh for now bracelet animon i think we are ready to save our friends and like probably save your friends glamtron at this point uh does extend a little mechanical arm to drop the bracelet back in your palm and says can i get an affirmative of secrecy from you can I kiss your cute little face? Affirmative. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to kiss one of the eyeballs. <laughs> I will take that as my affirmative. Um, and Borkifer is also winding around your feet many. Promise, 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 promise. I, yeah. Um, pinky and like kind of like wraps it around Borkifer's tail and like does that little like is wagging so hard it's like (laughs) basically shaking for you yeah max soranir is just watching you max is gonna nod at soranir soranir nods back and archangel looks to you ikemba and says so what do you think yeah of course no i have to if it's gonna help my sister yeah i promise we'll do our best to help your sister all right, then let's go to the home world of the Animon. After you've made your promises to your Animon, each one produces a small item that can fit in the palm of your hand. This is an Annie tool, Glamtron says. It allows you to transport two the Animon homeworld. Now, considering the Animon homeworld is made of dreams, I'd like us to collectively decide what this Annie tool looks like. This is something that each Animon has, Mm -hmm. but does not always share with their human companion. And it is a part of the character creation process that I felt would be very fitting to do in the story. So does anyone have any thoughts on what this Annie tool looks like? It can be anything, more mystical, more technological. I 
kind of feel like it might be reflective of the animon who gives it to you. So, so, and I feel like in some way tied in with sleep ephemera. Mm-hmm. Like I was definitely thinking um, for Soranir, it would be a feather or, mm-hmm. or shaped like a feather. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's like a kind of like a stone, um, but like with a swirl, almost of images within it. Um, that you can't ever quite grasp and sometimes seem to slip away from you, but are ever there under the surface in the shape of a small palm-sized feather. Yeah. How about the rest of you? What does your Annie tool from your your Animon look like? I think Arc Angles, the one that Arc Angle produces for Ikemba, is they reach up to the halos, the intertwined halos that kind of circle around their heads and almost reach into it, into the cross section of one's part where they never cross and the hand almost disappears into that space and pulls out of it a another halo, much smaller. I think it's a deep like blood red um, and set it in in Ikemba's palm. And when it sets in the canvas palm, um, the area of it, so from the border inwards, is almost almost glimmers like a screen. Like you're looking mm-hmm. at a surface of oil with the iridescence of oil. I think similar to the stone, there are images within this iridescence that you can never quite grasp. Um, but like the moment you figure out what it is, it's changed to something else um, over and over again. They kind of like have that in the palm of their hands. Perfect. Hmm, I like that vibe. Um, I'm thinking of something personal, but we've still kind of got that uh, statue-esque rock effect. Um, I'm going to go with a, um, I don't remember the word for these kind of bracelets, but like it's the really thick ones. Chunky bracelets, they might just be called. Uh, however, this one's going to be um, inlaid with like uh, oodles and oodles of uh, brightly colored beads like kind of like abacus style they will clack when they're next to each other but they're constantly changing and they will form up into a variety of images depending on how you look at them and like the angle that you see them at nice okay kiana i'm gonna break the cool vibe (laughs) (laughs) yeah real quick here i think this is a one of those squeak toys (laughs) (laughs) yeah Because Borkifer's like, here's something that's very important to me. (laughs) Squeak toy. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think it's, um, God, I don't know. It's like a, it's one of those, those ones that look like a plush animal, but it, it, it has a, like maybe it's a plush mouse or something, uh, but it has that, that little squeaker on the inside and it just has different squeak sounds as you just press it. (laughs) It's very annoying. I'm going to assume. (laughs) Love it. I think it is fantastic. Each of you now holding your Annie tool. Archangel says, all right, now I want you to close your palm around it. And as each of you do, you hear a <coughs> from Minnie's. <laughs> <laughs> and repeat after me. I beseech you, king of beasts. I beseech you, king of beasts. you, king of beasts. To take me to the land of dreams. To take me to the land of dreams. 
and each of you suddenly feel as if you are falling back. You almost wait for your head to like hit a pillow because that's the same kind of feeling that this is, as if you are falling asleep. It is comfortable, but also a little scary. It is natural, but also so strange. And as you fall, you realize you are also standing up and surrounding you is a world entirely unlike yours. There are people moving without faces around you, from bustling from table to table. This is a cafe. And you recognize Ikemba sitting at a single table is your sister. She has a cup of coffee and she doesn't seem to notice you. But as you stand here in this cafe, you hear a rumbling voice, loud, filling your mind and composed of many different voices saying, You are not welcome here. And Glamtron again says, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so like, who is that? Archangel says, yeah, that would be the king of beasts. Oh, are they like, friendly? It's been a while since I've been home. I feel like we beseeched them to be here. If you accepted that... What's your damage, man? <laughs> he can just run over to where, like, he, like, hesitates with his rumbling voice, but his focus is on his sister as he rushes over to her and kind of like, Sis, are you okay? Is everything okay? What are you doing here? She does not respond. It's almost like she doesn't see you or notice you. Tries to put his face in her line of sight, waving a hand in front of it. Sis, how did you get here? Where, where's your animal? Are you okay? Sis. Drac, I would like you to make the first roll of the game. Oh my god, I forgot. It is the first roll of the game. Wow, okay, yeah. The first official <laughs> roll. I had the first unofficial roll. Oh, that is true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had so much story and stuff. First official roll of the game. Uh, I would like you to make a spirit roll for me, please. Spirit roll. Okay. So your pool of d6s will be equal to your spirit stat. And then if you feel that there is a reason you may add to it, for example, uh, if your talent somehow can come into play, then you may add one die to your pool. Or you could spend some bond points here in order to give yourself more of an advantage. I will spend one bond point. Okay, you can spend one bond point for better odds, in which case you add two dice to any roll. Nice. Well, two dice, okay, perfect. So I'm rolling six die. And what is a success? A success. So anything four and up will be counted as a success. So you'll roll your dice and then you will count how many are successes. I would say the number you are trying to reach here is a three. That's a relief because I rolled a, I rolled four, four successes. 
Right. All right. So your sister slowly starts blinking and looks up at you as her eyes fill with recognition. And she looks around and sees the rest of you, who do still have faces, and around at everyone else in this room who does not. And she starts looking instantly anxious. Ikemba, what what are we doing here? What Um, I don't know. I have no idea. You're not you want your sleep, we're not waking up. So I I I tried to figure out what was going on and I panicked. And then and then apparently you got you're in in um We came to get you out. Yes. I I um I don't know how to wake up. Where's your animon? I I don't know. And suddenly she starts looking around for her animon, uh, as if she has suddenly realized that it should be there and starts looking around. You can see that there is uh, some increasing panic to her gestures. She almost knocks over the cup of coffee as she's just like moving around, trying to find her animon in the sea of faceless people of the cafe. Hey, hey, listen to me. I'm not going to let anyone take your friend away from you. Not any of these faceless people, not the King of Beasts. The King of Beasts? It's a new guy that I just found out about, and already I feel like we're on bad terms. Mm -hmm. I am going to tear it a new one. (laughs) Oh, this is a dream. This is all just a dream. Um, You've nailed it. I'm glad you're up to speed. Yeah, wow. So, if I pinch myself... We're all going to, like, watch expectantly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She pinches herself and doesn't seem to go anywhere. Mm. And slowly starts to calm down a little bit more. Okay, well, if this is my dream, then there must be a way out. Uh, uh some sort of way to wake up if I can achieve the goal of the dream or find my animon or something? That seems reasonable. Ikemba starts like stand up straight. I think he had like kind of going down onto his knees to be like eye level with the sitting sister and then kind of stands up and rolls up his sleeves and goes, I think the objective is to fight the king of beasts. Where are you hiding? And just like yell out to the space. Fight me. No, no, no. Maybe we can like be their friend. They're probably just sad. Drac. Yes. When you say fight me, every faceless figure in the room turns towards you at the same time. Uh, Can I roll spirit myself just to be like, if I'm taken aback, (laughs) if this scares me? Mm. Oh, absolutely you may. <laughs> I think this would be spirit. I think so too. Uh, do you feel your talent would come into play here or would you like to spend a bond point? My feature, Don't Mess With Me, would come into play actually. Gain Great. a boost whenever you attempt a test to show how tough you are, defy authority, or conceal the truth. So yeah, on a boost, any die that is three or above is a success. Oh, okay. So you'll roll your base pool of dice, but uh, have a greater chance of success. Oh, that's cool. Three successes. Ooh. Thanks I to that I did forget type. to say what it may be, but I think that uh, because this is kind of an internal struggle, you manage to keep your cool. I grit my teeth and like 
stare. I try to stare, like make eye contact with these things, but there are no eyes to make eye contact with. Just seeing me grit my teeth, but not budging as I stare at all of them around me. How are the rest of you feeling? <laughs> I don't know if it's the right move, but it's the one we're making. And with that, he'll stand next to Akimba. Don't read too much into this. But if we're going to fight, we can't fight alone. He's going to look to Max and just smile. I remember you're pretty much this fiery back then as well. Now looks, not even looking at Max, but still making eye contact with these faceless creatures. But there is a slight smirk on his face. I can't believe I'm standing next to anyone, let alone you. <laughs> that just makes us smirk even more. Mini Alaska. Well... They're not fighters. I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Minnie really, really is in that space of like, I don't, I, I, okay, <laughs> and we'll probably step between Max and the Kimbers. Just like yeah, I'm here now. Just squeeze in the. <laughs> I'm here too. So, like, I really do think we should probably try to make friends first, but. If they're going to be kind of rude and they reject our friendship and they won't even wear a modified friendship bracelet, that's when you cross the line, you know? So, yeah, okay. I guess I'll fight. All right. Each of these figures slowly dissolves to smoke where they stand. And the smoke undulates and moves and blows around you in the room. Ikemba, your sister, sits down and puts her hands over her ears, just sitting at the cafe table, saying aloud, Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. It is all just a dream. Wake up! And the smoke blows out of the room. Each of these figures is moving. You can still kind of see a humanoid shape within this movement, but it's very vague and constantly shifting. These figures are shadows, clouds, nightmares. And there are four of them surrounding you. Hey heroes, it's Renee, your host and storyteller here with a few one-shot network announcements. First, OSN has launched the Kickstarter for the third season of our all-ages actual play, Skyjack's Courier's Call. I love this show, and with season three just around the corner, now is the perfect time to check it out and support the production. Kieran, Cece, and June are reuniting once more in an all-new season of adventures in the Swiftwell Courier Service. After the events of Audrin Prom sent them to separate ships, Will they be able to come together again to face the trials ahead? Listeners can help us fund production, get involved with Dear Audrin Letters and Tales from Thornvale, and fund bonuses for the cast and crew. Find the link in our show notes and check out everything that this Kickstarter has to offer. Next, the listener surveys for the one-shot host audition are coming out. We'd like listeners to tell us how they feel about each of the candidates and the games that they ran. Patrons can find links to the survey on Patreon, while public feed listeners will be able to find the link at oneshotpodcast.com. Please support your favorites. Your thoughts can help us choose between all of these talented performers. And now, a word from our sponsors. 
Let's roll initiative. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Ah, what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? All right. All right. Oh, hell yeah. So for our initiative, are we rolling a die for each number in the initiative or rolling a die and adding the initiative? How does that work? This is going to be an opposed test to uh, what I am rolling. Um, and the uh, initiative order is created by the number of successes in the pool you roll. So if you look at your initiative stat, um, you will roll the number of dice there. And successes. Um, Does anything special happen if you roll a six or, four or no? A four and up. If you roll a six, there is a spot on your uh, character sheet for critical. Please mark a little uh, space for your critical bar. I cool. also rolled a six on one of my dice. I rolled two oh, sixes. Yeah. Nice. Oh my okay, god, look at you yeah, go. I've done those sixes. What do criticals do? Good question. We'll find out if we get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I think we've got a lot of Pokemon fans here. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, may give you an idea. Yeah. All right. The critical gauge is uh, two times the number of people playing. So once it is reached, you may use your critical. It is the number of people playing, including the GM. So it is uh, 10. And uh, also it is collective. So let's uh, mark down. I believe it was four. Four four total. I've got one as well in my initiative. Great. Five out of ten. Wow, we're almost there. Yeah, awesome, because we will be able to include that then, potentially. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Okay, so initiative order. I need to roll mine still. Does everyone else know what your initiative is? Yes. Yes. So we're, we're, and to correct me if I'm wrong, we're adding successes to the initiative stat, or are we just? Uh, No, so you are uh, just counting the number of successes that you have, and that is uh, four and above. Okay, so uh, let me mark down who is who here. Oh, also, everyone else, mark one more critical, please. Wow. Six six out of And is anyone above a six for initiative? Great. All right. Five, four, three. Yeah. We've got two threes. Yeah. And Drac. Okay. I'll let y'all decide who would like to go. Do you have a... A higher initiative stat or i mean it makes sense if uh drax character wants to go just because the okay. yeah, situation they did kind of provoke the fight <laughs> a little bit I yeah I, I want friendship <laughs> all right drac b two two for me <laughs> oh oh two i'm sorry i i, I also oh. have, i'm at two would you uh which of you would like maybe to go would actually go second <laughs> yep makes sense <laughs> And lastly, I rolled a one. Oh, wow. <laughs> one six, but one one. So uh, these these horrors will be last. Uh, all right, so Drac, Archangel has been flying around, uh, sensing your intent to fight. What do you like to, what would you like to do for this turn? Right out of the gate, uh, Ikemba says, let's start this off with a bang. Archangel, Dante's Inferno, and we'll reach up Ooh. and reach up, make a fist and pull it downwards. And um, one of the halos kind of 
comes off of the three or four hair intertwined around um, Archangel's head and will expand into a wide circle, um, large enough to like in, like completely in, uh, encapsulate everyone, including us, in this space. And then another one, a smaller one, will um, encapsulate just our group. So it's almost like a protective bubble. And in the perimeter between okay. the larger and the smaller halos, the area we're in completely changes landscape. And it becomes mm. like volcanic red rock. You see bursts of lava and uh, magma coming out of the ground, oppressive smoke coming from up top just intense heat even in our space that we're protected in we feel this and yeah i'm gonna make an attack which i believe is a power uh, looks like yes it. so it depends on the type of attack you would like to do okay. you could make an argument for any of these stats being used in this case so for example since it is an illusion that is causing damage you could make an argument for say brains or you could argue that this is uh, focusing on the power and impact of the explosion. So in that case, power. I think to power and brains for me are the same anyway. I'll go with brains because of the explanation. Like it's a mirage and feel it's so realistic that they actually do take damage from this. I love it. So uh, you will be rolling that pool of dice against my dodge. And oh, also because you're you're uh, you're using your signature attack, which is rank one, you will get an additional die to this. Oh, point. perfect! I rolled another six, so, and, that, and that is four successes. Wow! And great because it's explosive. The main target is whoever's whoever nightmare creatures right in front of me. They're gonna take six points of damage, and I believe I need to make sure I'm reading this right. For every other creature around that target takes half that damage, takes three as well. So remind me what your uh, successes were on your attack roll. Four. I rolled a four, four, five, and a six. So that base damage will apply to, and you said it was, was it multiple targets? Sorry. Yeah, so because of the explosive effect. Yes. Great. Yeah. Great. When you, you choose to make an explosive attack, if it hits, you deal half damage. Oh, okay, no, I deal half damage to the main target i also deal damage equal to my level to all enemies standing next to the target so three damage. okay yeah so it is base damage actually plus the difference between your attack roll and oh. my dodge roll which was not great i did get a one on that so uh that is Six. you said it was five damage initially it would it would have been three but because the difference is three as well i think six then six okay yeah. so you'll deal three then to your main target yeah as well as uh one to each of the additional the other enemies here yeah as you see awesome. these eruptions of what you you probably assume ikemba thinks is hell as they drag these creatures down there and then it dissipates as the halos return to the head uh, uh, okay. What what is Akimba's like vision of hell based on? Is there like a, a movie that you saw or something that like informed it? I'm just so curious. Yeah, um, I think I think because he named it like Dante's Inferno, I think it's probably like he is from what he imagined when he like. I don't think he read anything about this. I think he kind of <laughs> heard it through osmosis of like vaguely listening in like English class, something like that. 
Could I suggest that maybe there was some cross contamination between uh, Dante from Devil uh, Devil May Cry Devil May as Cry. well? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, should, actually, yeah. There's I think in there. I think there's like like very yeah, uh, definitely Devil May Cry like demons in there. demons. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You can see them like flying around in the background. Uh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have B. Okay. Again, as stated, so like Alaska's kind of like pulled back a little bit. Um, they're like Glamtron, like don't, like don't go, don't do anything that like is too dangerous. But also, we have to protect our friends. So like, can I use heart to like protect our ally Animon uh, when attacked? Because it says use heart yes, to attack I think... when you purposely put yourself in danger. So I like this idea. Let's go ahead and do a basic roll and say that you can mitigate uh, some of that damage. Let's do half. So am I going to, I'm going to roll my uh, stat plus, I mean, I want to use my quality of metal plating um, in this instance. Oh, I like that. I'm not going to be able I to like use my that. signature attack. What is your argument for using the stat? Um, heart, because like, it's just like, we don't want to fight. We just want to defend. We want to keep everybody safe. This is truly like, it's given like heart of the cards, you know? It's just like, we want to do it to protect everybody. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, go for heart plus any other additions to your dice pool that you could Okay, make. yeah, it'll just be my quality of hard plating. And that's a disappointing uh, one success with one six. Okay. We're um, up with you... sixes. Yep, everyone mark down that six. Then if you could roll, we're breaking the game a little bit and I love it, so we're gonna keep rolling with it. But uh, since half of your successes on that roll is one, mm -hmm. um, you will be able to mitigate one damage from each of your teammates. How does that sound? Perfect. Um, they Great. just set up like little, little tiny walls, little barriers based off of their metal plating, which I guess they can extend and that's kind of modular. Okay. I like it. All right, next up is James. Yeah, I think uh, he's just going to back up Akimba and um, go, Soranir, go attack these nightmares. And <laughs> I, I think I'm going to hold off on the signature attack. And is can you just have your uh, Animon attack without using their signature attack? Or is yes, it, okay. absolutely. You just don't get to add the uh, signature attack to your pool. And once again, I am I'm rolling power, correct? If you would like to use power to attack, yes. yes. Okay. I think yeah, Sornir just like flies forward and will you know sort of uh, cranes like dominance fighting will like rear back and attack with its talons. Um, as okay. I roll. Okay, I got two successes and one of them a six. Okay. We're really climbing those up. We only need yeah. one short. One short, right? Oh, I guess actually, I'm sorry. Fours count as successes too, correct? Uh, fours do count as successes. So yes. that is three successes. Nice. Okay. Then we don't tie. Um, <laughs> so that is a single success uh, above my dodge. So you do get a base of your damage plus the difference between your attack and my dodge, uh, which I think is just going to come out to one here. So overall, that that is nine light damage. And which of these do you attack? Drak has uh, damaged one, but there are three with uh, 
lesser damage. I think it's one of the three with lesser damage. We're dividing and conquering here. Great, and that's nine. Mm-hmm. Does it do like extra because it's a weakness? Oh, that's an excellent question. Uh, but that is true, yes. Um, so actually, <laughs> right, types. So uh, this is, in fact, uh, very uh, intuitive. Be a dark type uh, Animon. And so uh, Soranir, as a light Pokemon, will have a uh, boost to matchup, meaning anything that is three and up will count. Do you have any threes, James? Oh, I don't have any threes. Ah. Okay. So a slight miss, but uh, definitely a good catch because Soranir is pretty strong in this fight, honestly. All right. Mini, Kiana. And he's gonna pat Borkafir uh, on the on the butt, <laughs> and Borkafir is gonna jump into action uh, and is going to immediately use uh, "Believe in the Me That Believes in You," <laughs> which does power transfer. Okay. So basically, I can use this action to give the boosted condition uh, to the number of nearby characters equal to my max signature attack uses, which is three. So everybody gets. A boost uh, for their rolls for one turn, which means that your success Ooh. is a is at a three and up rather than a four and up. Amazing. Okay. Do you just like bark at us a bunch? Yeah. What does it look like? I, no, absolutely. <laughs> bark apart, I think jumped onto the uh, into um, amidst everyone else. And like does like a big like you know the you know how dogs like to herd people that they're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like it's like a big herd around uh, and probably just just say you got this <laughs> <laughs> over and over again just uh, the little zoomy little zoomy circle. Okay, well initially these horrors will all go as well. Each of them moves suddenly quickly towards each of you. I will say uh, the first one, if uh, you could drag, roll me dodge. I have a question. Yes. I have a, my arc angle has no uh, quality counter attack. Okay. How could I apply this in combat, I guess? Great question. So I think uh, you are going to be attacked now. I think let's say if it hits, so for instance, if your Animon would take damage, uh, first of all, it would be slightly mitigated thanks to Glamtron. But uh, if not all of it is mitigated, then you would take damage and the counterattack would then allow you to roll an attack okay. uh, against this uh, opponent. I would say you do have to take damage in order for it to apply. Yeah, okay. Does that seem fair? No, that seems perfect. That's why I figured as much. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, but yeah, great. I'm going to try and dodge. The dodge is not great anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. Oh, another six, two sixes. Um, hey, hey, hey. Well, we, is that what we're doing like a critical thing? That is a critical. Oh so for a critical, y'all have the opportunity to use this as you so choose. There is the critical combo attack. For instance, the player who, criti- uh, who triggers this could use this as a critical move for your action and use it in this combat encounter for an improvement. You could also use it as a critical success. As a player, you may choose to automatically pass a test without rolling. Or critical threat. Uh, Unfortunately, the critical evolution does not apply today because we are not evolving our Pokemon 
Animon. <laughs> You're not evolving our Animon. <laughs> the critical threat would be that all PCs have their bond points fully restored. I believe the only person who has used a bond point so far, though, is mm -hmm. Drac. Yeah. Okay. So I will say you could potentially apply this critical to the attack if this is triggered and the rest of the group would like to allow that. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. it. Okay. Yeah, go okay. For it. So how many dodge did you get again? Two. Two. Okay. So I did get three. So this Animon is suddenly in your face. And its face is shifting at a rapid pace, just going from face to face. People you recognize, your sister, your teacher, the school bus driver. And it is so quickly moving. Alaska, Minerva, Max classmates and it is in your face so close to you that you take two damage oh okay and is that bumped down to one or is that already reduced thanks to uh Alaska? so it would it would be it would be bumped down to one okay and this is uh this is your animon sorry this is arc angle yeah. though i do think there is one looming in your face is like it, it feels like it's you kind of thing, yeah. um, even though it is not as close to you. And there are just like shadows lurking around. Um, I will also say this makes uh, Arc Angle disoriented, which does unfortunately apply a setback to uh, any role that is an attack role. Yeah, disoriented. Okay, and then... With this thing so close up, right in its in Arc Angle's face and by proxy mine, I am going to counterattack. And mm -hmm. if I make this counterattack a critical, what does that do to damage? Does that affect damage in our options? So if you make this attack a critical, the target's dodge roll will be made with one setback, okay. ignoring all other setback and boost but the successful attack does deal damage as usual. As usual. Okay. As it gets right up close, I kind of stumble backwards, so does Arc Angle, and I yell, that's where you made a mistake. Arc Angle, Halo and Horns! And they're gonna just do a normal attack they've named Halo and Horns as they grab their halos. Um, one remains the circle, circular halo, the other one kind of cracks in half. So become two Amazing. glowing horns will lunge at this creature with my counterattack ability. Great. And you do get to also add one more die to this pool because this critical is acting as if it were a free signature attack. Oh, perfect. And because I have the quality counterattack rank one, does it add one as well or? Yes. Okay. So you would get one for counterattack and one for this acting like a signature attack. It is set back, but because many boosted you, it cancels out. So this is just normal successes for and up. Awesome. Come on, come on, Arc Angle. You got it. I rolled another six, three successes. Okay, wow. I'll roll a dodge with this setback. So I don't have high expectations. I did get a six. We are starting over the critical counter because uh, Drac has just used what we have accumulated and uh, that is one success. So uh, the dam your damage plus the difference between the two, please, Drac. There's two, okay. So you see like the, this 
elegant. It's kind of weird. They, the only thing smooth about this animon is their face. Everything else is like angular features and the halos above their head. They have them in their hands like almost like brass knuckles and just start punching into this nightmare and deals eight damage. Eight damage. Are you going for the one that you wounded most before or one of the others? The one that like came into my face specifically. Great. Um, that one. That's eight damage. Yeah. Hoo-wee. This one is hurting. All right. Next up, another attack. This one is uh, just a normal attack for them, but is very aggressive. So uh, they do get three D6. That is one six, but also... Uh, one success against uh, Alaska. So if you could roll me dodge, please. Ooh, yes. I think I put very few points in two, but I have a boost. Does it count towards the dodge? You do have dodge? a boost. Yeah, okay. Yes. That's two successes. The three and a six. Yeah, and they okay. critical ready then, again. Yeah, okay. you yeah. totally able to... Uh, Dodge, we are now at three sixes for our critical. So if you could keep track of that as well. This misses, uh, or you are able to avoid it, Glamtron. How does Glamtron dodge, Alaska? It's a pretty slow thing. I think like they were just kind of already rotating to like a different direction. And it was more happenstance that the, the nightmarish figure was just, it just missed. You know, Glamtron was okay. trying to roll over to go see uh, what uh, Borkifer was up to, see if they needed any help. And it was just perfectly timed. <laughs> <laughs> an almost unintentional dodge here great and next up we have similarly this one is coming for you james right. could you please roll me a dodge did max not destroy that nightmare with nine damage not quite oh, heck wow yeah, heck. yeah they're strong Ooh. oh not a good roll no successes. Oh, no. Even with your boost? No successes. Uh, that's true. You do have the boost for mini still. Or does it continue? Yep. Uh, it, okay. It, it, it goes for one, one turn. turn. Yeah, I rolled mm-hmm. two twos and a one. So unfortunately. Oh. Oh. No. Ouch. Okay. So yes, you are going to take. I'm sorry for this. That was a very poor roll. Seven damage. Oh, well, that's okay. Sorinir is tough. But what does a big hit look like? Yeah, so these uh, these sm- pillars of smoke, these arms uh, swirling around the room, all suddenly like launch at Sorinir, just billowing quickly and pointedly and just clash. There's a quick blast of light as they, uh, they do move. And fortunately, these are all successes, even with the setback from the the type discrepancy here. Oh, it's just really wild rolls, mm. y'all. Uh, and there's this burst of light and shadow all at once that just kind of splashes around the entire room and then it is gone and Sorinir just looks a little weaker. Sorinir! Next up, we have Mini. Yeah. Yeah. Could you roll me a dodge, please? If, if I can. I have... Good news for you. Great, I love that for me. Um, I'm also really good at dodging, so. I, I, you, you don't even yeah, have to. I've roll. got, I've well, got four successes and one six, so. One six, yes. Yeah, those sixes that is the still only matter. You would. Yep. Um, so the sixes matter, but uh, regardless, this attack was not going to hit you. Though, 
Why is that? I think there's like these shadows are, are a little bit confused by the light flash that just happened upon attacking Sorinir. But what do you do to dodge? Oh yeah, Borgrifer uh, is very fast. Has has the zoomies right now. Has just has just done the the the, the boost spin around around everybody, and I think just like whoop, just jumps over the attack. Wow. And and kind of just like turns around. Like this is a great game. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very nice. And uh, next up, we have. Top of the round, Drac. Yes. Um, as um, Ark Angor has essentially become a boxer as they have this cracked halo in their hand in the form of horns and a full one and the other punching into this nightmare, Ikemba just yells, show him what you got. Halo and horns. And again, Ark Angor will go for these close range punches with their... Great. Okay. Roll me for that attack. I'm trying to see if anything can add to this. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I will use a, a bond point helps here, right? I can use a bond point to add two dice. You can. I'm going to spend. You absolutely can. I'm going to. So I think what happens is that as I see Arc Angle um, laying into this nightmare, I kind of look over my shoulder. Do I see, still see my sister kind of like freaking out? Or is that just uh, in distress she... as well? I would say she is freaking out, but like internally, not uh, at what is going on around her so much as she seems very intense on like concentrating to wake up. Yeah. So I think looking back, I see my sister. I think I can tell. I've been around my sister. I can tell when she's stressed out and I can see that on her face at the very least. And that's hard as my resolve to get her out of here. Okay. Another six. Great. Four successes. Four successes. Wow. Yeah. So that is your damage plus three, since I only rolled one success on my dodge. Oh, as they lay in, that's gonna be nine points of damage in the same the same one that you punched earlier. Nine points of damage into that. Awesome. <laughs> All right, that Anamon disappears. As if Archangel's punches just Archangel, excuse me, Archangel's <laughs> punches just kind of pushed through it, and the smoke just dispersed around its fist. This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Dreaming by Solo. Illusions by Colossus. And Game Boy by Ender. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. Well, that's a wrap for this week, heroes. I have been Renee Rhodes, and this has been part three of Animon Story and my audition adventure for the One Shot Podcast host. We'll be back with the conclusion to our One Shot, but first, a call to action for you, heroes. This week, I have a small but important ask. Look up the candidates for your local elections this fall. Yes, candidates for gubernatorial and state legislative positions, but also your mayoral, city council, and other local office elections. Learn about the person behind the name on your neighbor's yard sign, their politics, their history, news about them, their promises. Use what you learn to engage with others in the months leading up to the election, and vote in November for the progressive candidates who will affect positive local change. Then... 
follow up by holding them accountable while they're in office. Thanks, heroes. Also, check out the show notes for links to the game we played, as well as the cast's socials and other projects. Like, Drac has a Kickstarter project for an actual play production. Go support them! As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. In the universe of Starwall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Starwall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Starwall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.